I'm Liz, your host and the wife and mom behind Unedited Motherhood. Together, we'll talk about all the struggles that we face as adults. Nothing is off limits. We'll uncover important truths and maybe even learn some tips to make our lives a little simpler and a lot more enjoyable. Thanks for joining me. Sometimes it can be difficult to find all of your favorite healthy pantry items at the same grocery store, or even visiting two or three stores. With your Thrive Market membership, you can find any healthy snack or pantry item you could ever want. You can shop by gluten-free, dairy-free, organic, AIP, vegan, and more. Thrive Market has something for everyone. And not just something, lots of things. They sell cookies, pasta and pasta sauces, salad dressing, nut butter, milk alternatives, granola, cooking and baking oil, coffee, soup, cereal, jelly, sugar and sugar alternatives, chocolate chips, crackers, spices, dried fruit, nuts, and more. In addition to more than 2,700 food items, they also carry supplements, cleaning supplies, makeup, toiletries, and more, all on the natural spectrum. I have been using Thrive for over three years, and I still look forward to getting their boxes in the mail. Every order over $49 ships free, always. In addition, you can earn extra Thrive credit by supporting different featured brands each month. Not only do they have some of the best items on the market, but with your Thrive Market membership, you get these items at a discounted rate, making them cheaper than you could find them at the grocery store. Use my link in the show notes to receive 25% off your first order. Welcome back to Unedited Motherhood. This week, we are in week three of our Building Stronger Relationship series on our second topic, which is dating. If you missed last week, my friend and licensed therapist, Rachel Elder, joined us to talk about friendship, and it was super awesome. So go have a listen. This week, we are going to break down dating, and welcome back, Rachel. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Uh, Rachel is a mom and a wife of three years. She attended the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology for her master's and has her own practice working with couples, focusing on helping um, couples create positivity and effective communication and constructive conflict resolution. So this is going to be great. This week and next week are going to be incredible. You're not going to want to miss them. You're going to tell all your friends to come listen. Um, so because we did a lot of personal introduction last time, we're just going to jump straight into the goods this week. So, uh, first of all, we're just going to give a, a, a brief history of our own dating experiences, um, before we dive into some deeper stuff. So Rachel, what was dating like for you starting with your first boyfriend? Oh, my first (laughs) Yeah, curveball. Like a like official boyfriend or no, like I mean, middle this school. Is, this is super casual. So, yeah. What do you remember your first? In your mind, what was your first yeah. relationship or boyfriend? Or what did you take? What were you the most excited about that you took the most seriously? Yeah. As a oh. teenager, um, my first boyfriend I would say was technically in eighth grade, even though in my family you were not supposed to date till you were sixteen. So I was under the table dating him and broke up with him because I wasn't supposed to be dating. And I was heartbroken because he was so nice about it. And I really liked him. And then we never got back together when I turned 16. Shocking. Cause that was like Aww. three years later. That's sad. Yeah. So that was your first relationship. 
probably never left the confines of a school property, right? Well, we lived in the same neighborhood, so oh. kind of. I mean, we like hung out at my house, but my parents just thought we were friends. They right. didn't realize it was more. We played a lot of basketball together. You sit a on lot. a throne and of I lies. I didn't even play basketball. Yes, That's so funny. I, I did. Yeah. But I think like my first official, like that was a week, right? right. And I'm and in eighth grade. I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I think my first official, uh, yeah, first- I, I would say my first official boyfriend, and maybe you'll disagree with me, but I think is my senior year boyfriend. Yeah, I would agree with that. Your prom boyfriend. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My prom boyfriend. <laughs> That's terrible. My prom boyfriend. I did. I didn't mean it like yeah. you were only with him for prom. I just meant the guy you were with at prom. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You were on my first date with him though. That's right. Remember we met at the movies. So I vaguely remember my dating. Hi- yeah. My dating history has been online from a young age. So we met through some weird like online app, which I'm like 18. I should not be on an online app, but I was. Um, and so we met publicly and you came with me. That's right. Um, as well as another guy that I kind of hung out with for a while. Okay. So it was me and another friend that were there to just kind of hang out with you to do this movie. It's like not a double date, but like hang out. Yeah. And I think just like safety, like, is this like going to be weird? Maybe make it less awkward, less awkward. Yeah. And I mean, we're, he was late. So like, we didn't even get to like meet each other. Like he, we saved a seat for him. So he came in oh. the middle of the previews. And so like, we didn't have a conversation. Oh, that's hilarious. Like two hours. <laughs> so, but it, we hit it off. We got lunch afterwards. It was a good fit. Lunch afterwards. And then, Did we go to the movies in the morning? We to, yeah. We went to like 11 AM. Cause I that's had to an, work at uh, four or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a busy Saturday. Yeah. Apparently. Um, yeah, so we dated kind of for like a month or two. I don't even know. Maybe like three months max, if that. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to break up with him right before prom. And everyone said, you cannot do that. That's not okay. Even though he didn't go to our school. Right. Um, but who wants to go to their senior went... prom by themselves when they already have a boyfriend? I, Terrible. I'm probably I was so back. down. I was so down to go by myself. But everyone said I couldn't. Oh. They said that was mean. So I said, fine. No, and then you I shouldn't broke up have with him like two days later. No, you yeah. shouldn't have listened to us. I, I broke up with him two days after prom. But you know what's funny? But that's because I go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the boyfriend that I had at the time that went to prom with our group. Oh, I broke yeah. up with him like just a couple weeks after prom too. <laughs> it was that, yeah, we went like through the breakup month, didn't we? Yeah, it was that's so in, funny. In I totally forgot about that. And yeah. then the other couple like that breakup. went to the third couple that went to prom with us, they broke up right after graduation in June too. It was like all three of us broke up at the same time. Oh Uh, gosh. You know, I mean, we broke up because I was going off to college and he was still in high school. Right. right. That was just going to be weird, which is the pat. That was my dating pattern though. It's like, if I couldn't see you in my future, I was just done. I was like, well, "Mm, that's a great, that's a great practice too. And I don't think most people learn that at 18. Yeah, I think I wish I would have maybe handled those breakups a little bit better. Oh, for than sure. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For yeah. sure. You learn that 
with age comes responsibility and tact and empathy. Did not have that. Yeah. So that's my, that was like the beginning dated throughout college, kind of similar situations, nothing like super Mm long-term dated a guy again, senior year of college was like, okay, this is great. Knew I was moving to Seattle about month, April, like a month, a few weeks before graduation. I was like, yeah, this is weird. I'm moving across the state and you're not. So across the country, across the, yeah, not across the state, across the country. So we're done. Um, made it to Seattle, did a hardcore month of dating, like intense, like probably went on a date almost every night. Wow. Uh, Cause I was new to a city, didn't really have a lot of friends. And I was like, cool, free dinners with interesting people. That sounds like fun. Um, and met my husband on one of those dates and I, that was it. Like after a crazy month of dating, it's like your own version of him. speed dating. It was like a really crazy version of speed dating. We can definitely go into it if you'd like to, but, um, <laughs> but met my husband and that's the last man I ever dated. Wow. Or currently date. Right. Yeah. Outside the, the confines of monogamy. Um, yes. Well, I was a little bit older when I had my first, well, not older than 18, but older than, I never had like a middle school boyfriend. Well, you know what? I take that back. I went to church camp once and there was this boy that I really liked. Just once? This is a terrible, okay, no, I went to church camp every summer, but one time I came home with a boyfriend and he lived like an hour and a half from where I lived, which when you're 15 or, you know, 14, however old I was. I was probably 13. That's a long ways away because you can't drive and your parents aren't about to drive you an hour and a half to, you know, date somebody you're not supposed to be dating. So I wrote a note on a piece of paper and had one of my friends run it across to him at like the gaming area that he was playing at at camp. And so will you be my boyfriend? And it was on the last morning of camp where I knew I wouldn't have to see him again if he said no. Oh my gosh. And he said yes. And then I think I like waved at him before he got on the bus to leave. And we didn't even like talk after that. So then we email corresponded and maybe phone corresponded a couple of times. And then his aunt or grandma or somebody actually brought him up to the Greenwood Park Mall for us to have a date. And I was like, this is really sad. And this is really mean. But I was like in my cute, like hip green cargo like three quarter length pants, which were super in at the time and like a cute top. And I, you know, like straightened my hair and was probably wearing chucks or something. And he came and poor guy had dressed like business, like casual, almost like dressed up for our date. And his dress pants were like up to his belly button. And there was like a gap of like two inches from his shoe to his pants, like high waters. And I think he was wearing a tie and I was humiliated and was like, oh my goodness, this guy is such a freak. Um, and I still sat through like a cartoon movie with him because that was the plan to walk around the mall and then go see a movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure I was not, I don't think I was mean, but I definitely wasn't overly nice. And I was just like, I cannot wait to go home and break up with this guy over the phone. (laughs) I'm sure is what I did. Um, which, you know, like you said, it's an eighth grade relationship. It's not going anywhere, but it was still terrible of me and I feel really bad about it. Um, but yeah, that was my first. And then my first real boyfriend, 
you know, you were there. We talked about this last week. Um, yes. Was a boy that I met. He, we actually went to the same high school, but I didn't, I hadn't met him through there. He was a year older than me. Um, we met at school and, or we met at the mall and we dated for about six months. Um, if I wasn't a serial dater, then we probably would have been together longer, but, um, I couldn't keep my eyes on, on one person. It's like, oh, I flirted with everybody unintentionally, but I was just a major flirt. And so there was always somebody new that I wanted to be hanging out with. And I felt, I all of a sudden felt suffocated with whoever I was dating at the time and usually regretted so quickly breaking up with somebody, but you know, that that's what I did. Yeah. So that was my first boyfriend. I dated, I mean, if you can call it dated, I hung out with several other guys, you know, just casually, they might've, yeah, I guess that's unfair. They might've been into me and people might've called on my boyfriend at the time, but usually there weren't dates. It was just like hanging out at school, eating lunch together, hanging out after school. That's fair. Yeah. You know? And then I would say my other, um, I probably had two more boyfriends in high school. One was actually a guy that you were into that was in marching band with us. Oh my gosh. I forgot. Ew. I do not like that. I was into him. Sorry. You guys have ever read which you haven't, but Rachel and I both have. So I'll mention it. There's a, a series called uh, Christy Miller um, by Robin Jones gun. And there's a guy, a character in that book. His name is Rick. And this guy, he, he's kind of like a smooth talker, you know, like all the moms love him and all the, the girls want him and he'll show up finely dressed in a nice car with a bouquet of roses every time he comes to pick you up on a date. And, you know, that kind of guy, this guy that I dated my junior year, I think was definitely this guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. But then once you got to know him, it was like true colors started coming out. Not that he was a terrible person, but, you know, there was a facade that didn't you know, all yeah. those things that wooed you didn't hold up once you got to a little deeper. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah. And then my senior year, um, the guy I was dating at prom. That was only like a four or five, six month relationship too. I never had a relationship any longer than that before I met my husband. Yeah. And my husband and I, we really didn't date. See, my former boyfriend in high school, he would actually like pick me up and take me out on dates. Um, and if we're just talking about dates, I've been on a lot of dates, but I wouldn't call them all boyfriends. Yeah. I would say you've been on a lot of dates, but you didn't do like long term dating with a lot of them. Right. No, if a guy was interested in me, he'd take me out on a date and then I'd either go on another one or I wouldn't. And I think that happened probably, you know, several times, but Whereas my experience was more of like, I liked someone, if it worked out, there was like a few months and then that was it until that one month of crazy, intense dating. And you were how old when you did your speed dating? You were probably 23. Yeah. 22 or 23. It was August of 2013. That sounds so young to be dating so many different people. I'm like, man, 22 year olds, there's so much they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was so much I did not know. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I did that 
because of one of our mutual friends who set me up on a dating app. I was like, you're moving to a new city. You don't have a lot of friends there. You need, you need stuff to do. So I'm going to make this profile for you and you're going to go on these dates. And I was like, I'm going to a brand new city. We grew up in Indiana, right? We did not grow up in city life. I'm moving to a gigantic city. Mm-hmm. I, I had no business to be dating the way I did. I had no idea how to keep myself safe. I had no idea how to navigate the city for one. I got lost all the freaking time. Like mm-hmm. it was just, when I go back, I'm like, little Rachel, what slow your life down. Yeah. It worked out in my favor, but there's you're alive. What? Well, I'm alive. Yeah. And I found <laughs> and my husband, husband, but right? <laughs> there's a lot of things that could have gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. So we'll move into next. We'll skip a question and go into um, online dating since, you know, that was brought up a lot in your story. Um, Yeah. How do you find, or what are some ways that we can help people find authenticity within the online dating community? Because, you know, there's, when it became popular, there was a lot of forgery, right? People putting up pictures that weren't theirs and talking about, hobbies and Mm -hmm. things like that, that they really weren't interested in to attract a certain demographic. And I've never online gotten on online. So I need the consult of you, the expert. Oh my gosh. Am I an expert? I don't think so. But I think if you're going to make online dating work for you and find authenticity, you have to slow it way down. So I think I mean, I'm basing this on my own experience. So I, I'm not, I don't have a full picture, right? I had a month of intense online dating. Um, but the dates where the, it went from like, hey, we connect, we match or we connect. Um, and it went from like a quick text back and forth to let's schedule a date was typically terrible. It was mm. too fast you don't really know the person, like you don't know what you're walking into, but the, the people I connected with, like my husband, there were a few others too, but who was like, they actually took the time to get to know you before asking to go on a date. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of like flexibility, no pressure. It was just so much slower. Right. Um, And you probably feel like that. You probably weed through people that are wanting to just hook up by doing that too, right? Yeah. By not I mean, going on a date helped. immediately. I don't know if I can really speak to that piece because I was still wearing a purity ring at that point in time and was very straightforward of like, I don't have sex. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'm I sure weeded that out absolutely. a lot of people that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you want to weed them out, tell them you wear a purity ring. <laughs> Freak. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so that helped, but yeah, yeah. When it's quick, it, there was definitely that sense of you just want something, whether it's just like a quick date to make yourself feel better or, um, sex, make out kissing, you know, whatever. Um, there was definitely that sense there and plenty oh. of dates where it's like, this is clearly where you're trying to go. And I do not like, this is a first date. That is yeah. not me. You clearly did not read my profile well enough. <laughs> you are not reading who I am. So that's yeah. not happening. 
Well, and there might be some people too, that just have like a really busy, fast paced life and they might rather just be like, Hey, let's meet up for drinks without even texting at all. Just to be like, is this Mm going to work? Yes or no move on. Yeah. Um, so I think there's probably a couple different approaches that people use. Like you would rather get to know somebody to see if it's going to go somewhere and not waste your time. Somebody else might be like, Oh, look, he's cute. And you know, we matched or whatever. Let's just go out to a bar. And if not, I'm already out and about and can call a girlfriend or something, you know? So there might be those opposite approaches. People might not want to text somebody for a week or two and waste time that way. So obviously if you're looking for authenticity up front, doing it the slow way is the way to go. Um, Yeah. I think doing it the slow way or deciding what your way is, right? Because I think there's also someone who is like, let's just meet up and see if there's even anything here is a fair approach too. Mm-hmm. But it's making sure that you're doing an authentic dating style that works for you as well. Right. For me, mm-hmm. I do, I want to be wooed. I want to, I want you to try and get to know me. I don't want you to just jump in and say, let's see if we have chemistry. It's like, well, there's more than just physical chemistry. There's this emotional chemistry that's really important to me, which means we're going to have a conversation. Right. And if you're not going to sit here and talk with me, I can definitely tell you this is not going to work because mm-hmm. I am a talker and I'm a processor and I'm emotional. Right. right. Yeah. So speaking to something else that you mentioned regarding online dating, what are some ways, especially if you're in a big city or if you don't know a lot of people or you're going to be meeting somebody downtown or whatever, how can you be safe Um, what measures do you put in place? I, I saw on a reel on Instagram the other day, which made me think of this. It was like, if you're nervous about waiting alone for public transportation, play this reel. And it was like a guy that was like, Oh, Hey, where are you at? I'm waiting for you. And then they were like, now say what stop you're at or where you are. And then, Oh, cool. So you'll be here in about so many minutes or whatever. And it was basically, they were just watching a video, but to the people around them, it seemed like they were on the phone with somebody that was expecting them. Mm-hmm. So that was like a safety measure. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting, but I'm sure there's, you know, people usually have like, call me at this time. And so I have an out if I want to leave, you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I think from my mistakes, I learned letting someone know where you're going, when, what time you think you're going to be home. Mm -hmm. um, is definitely important, right? Whether, even if it's not someone where you're living, right. I could have called you and said, Hey, I'm going on a date tonight. I know you're in Indiana. Um, I'm just letting you know where I'm going, right. Because I want someone to know where I'm at. We have technology nowadays where you can, um, share your location with friends, family, Mm -hmm. um, and stay connected that way. So that's something you could do too. But I think just communicating to someone like I am doing online dating, it sucks that we have, like, we have to do this because there's harm and risk that has become involved in the process, Mm -hmm. but letting someone know where you're going is going to keep you safe. Leaving. If your intuition says this feels off, this feels weird. I, I don't feel comfortable leave. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't feel comfortable leaving, tell someone wherever you're at. That's, I think that's another piece. Don't meet somewhere where it's just the, you and them right. right? for the first meeting, second, third, like you don't meet in a close 
quarter until you feel comfortable. Right. Um, so public places to meet at and preferably like before eight o'clock at night. Right. Yeah. Good, and good things happen. No, bad <laughs> things happen typically at night. Right. Well, when it's dark, when there's the cover of darkness, um, a couple of things that might be stereotypes and rub people the wrong way, but for ladies listening, um, maybe you decide where you're going to meet because typically it is the male. That's the predator. I'm not saying always. Um, but generally I feel like men use online, um, opportunities to take advantage of women. So yeah in the place, or I had another thought and this, you may say this is way too extreme, but giving somebody like a general area where you're going to meet, but then not giving them the exact location until like maybe a half an hour before you're supposed to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be challenging. I love the idea of, you know, you picking, right. That was something I didn't know where to go. I am new to a right. city. So here are these men who live in a city that I'm new to. I'm like, yeah, where should we go? Right. I was excited. I was naive Mm -hmm. um, and I was ready to explore. Um, So if you're, if you're going to let them pick, do your research then of where am I going? Is this a legit place? Is it a safe place? Um, Mm -hmm. What's close by to me? Um, You know, don't be as naive as me Mm -hmm. and walk into something you don't know anything about. Well, and you could probably find, um, restaurants or different places that are within a certain radius of like mm-hmm. a fire station or a police yeah. department or something like that, where, you know, um, you may, you may find a restaurant that has great reviews, but I've been to some places in Seattle that were sketchy and the yeah. restaurant had great reviews and the pictures were really nice. But then when we parked, I was like, I'm so glad my husband is with me because mm-hmm. this area is not nice. Yeah. Well, and I think there's an, I mean, we've both worked in the restaurant industry too. I know most likely if you're on a date at a restaurant or any kind of place, if you go up to someone who's working and say, I don't feel safe, they're going to help you get to safety. Um, So just utilizing the people who are around you is another way of keeping yourself safe too. They're strangers, but they're working, right? Their job is to make sure you're taken care of, entertained, most likely they will help you get to safety. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And then of course, this is probably obvious to most people, but having some sort of um, defense mechanism on you personally, like mace, or I have a friend that has one of these things that you put your fingers through the loop and it's like a Mm -hmm. punching assistant thing. Yeah. We Um, all walk around with keys. And so that's what I did is I put the keys between my knuckles, especially when I got off work late at night in downtown Seattle and waited at the bus stop till 2 a.m. Didn't know Mm -hmm. that was dangerous. Clearly naive country girl living in a city. Um, We all have keys, right? Your phone, you can use your phone as a weapon, right? Hitting in places that cause damage, like even if you don't have mace, right? Some places don't allow mace into their location. You usually have something on you that you can use to protect yourself. Well, and I think it's too, I've heard if you're not comfortable using a weapon, it doesn't make any sense to have it on you because if you're not confident that you could use it when it came time or that you knew how to use it when it came time, then it's more likely that it'll be used against you. Yep. yep. So in a knife or if you're, you know, a gun user. Yeah. 
it's great to have one and to know how to use it. But if you're not confident that you could access it and use it before it could be used against you, then sometimes some of those measures can be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you take anything from online dating, be strategic, be smart, be safe. There is a lot of good in online dating, right? Like my marriage came from that and I am grateful for it. And I've heard a lot of stories. I've seen a lot of stories. There's a right. lot of harm that can be done too. Whether right. it's online dating, people bullying online, right? Online is just has dangers and risks. Right. So we kind of talked about something already inadvertently, but dating versus just like hanging out. And then also versus like a serious relationship, because these are all three different approaches that people use when they're, you know, interacting with somebody. Um, and I think when you're younger, the hanging out is more popular mm -hmm. when you're in high school, because when you're in high school, generally, you know, you don't have a guy coming over and meeting your parents and picking you up for a date. I yeah. had it happen a couple times, but that was pretty <laughs> rare. Usually it was just like, oh, let's meet at the mall and walk around and get Chick-fil-A or something. Um, but I think it's important to understand which of those three categories you fall into because you're going to want to be looking for that same type of person generally. Um, and not everybody goes into it with the same approach. Yeah. Um, some people like you, when you moved to Seattle, you were clearly wanting to do casual dating, you know, going on a different date every night and meeting different people. And, you know, maybe because you were online dating, that was kind of an expectation or like kind of an understood thing. But I mm -hmm. think for other people, you know, they go on a date and they, they're monogamous daters, you know, they only want to date one person at a time and they want to see if there's real long-term potential and really, um, pour into that person. And then other people like my husband and I, we really didn't date date. We just hung out. We went to the park. We went to the movies. We did this and that we would just hung out at his grandparents' house or whatever. But we, you know, there was very rare occasions that we actually went on an official date. We probably dated more now that we're married and have kids <laughs> than we did before we were married. Um, but I think that's one thing that can cause a lot of, um, misaligned expectations and maybe frustrations in a relationship um, when people aren't on the same page. Yeah. Well, I think that can be hard sometimes too. Like I didn't, I don't know if I would say I was like, obviously when I look back now, I would say I was casually dating. I don't think I went into it thinking that's what it was. I think I was like, I would like to date and I'd like to meet someone. So there was this idea of like something could turn serious but I didn't necessarily go into it. I'm like, I'm just going to casually date around and see what happens. Right. I mean, I did, but I'm a hopeless romantic too, that I was like, I also had hopes of maybe I'll meet my future husband. Maybe I'm going to meet the person that I'm going to finally have that long-term relationship with. So let me ask you a question. If on one of those dates, it was mentioned that the other person was also having several dates in a row day to day, would you, what would you think of that? Not saying that you're a hypocrite or anything, but in, you know, yeah. in your mind, you were dating one a night, but looking for something serious. Whereas I think most people that are dating one person a night are just, I would, I would say casual dating. Yeah. 
Well, I think back then I would have been like, oh, that's a turn off. But that's because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Right. So I think so we often start dating because we want something, but we don't actually know what we want. Right. Do right. we just want to hang out with someone? Do we want to casually date a few people or do we want something more serious and right. more defined? And I think so that I, it's common to not know what you want when you're in your early twenties. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I wish we would have had more conversations like that when we were younger, mm-hmm. right? There was so much pressure to find your person. I feel like there was a lot of pressure and that probably was a lot of me too, of watching mm-hmm. all these romantic movies and wanting the same to happen to me and be swept off my feet and just find the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wish there would have been more realistic conversations too of it's okay to date. It's okay to be not sure. But also keep in mind that if you are dating, there's another person involved in this. Mm-hmm. So your actions do have impact. If I right. would have thought of that, I probably wouldn't have dated a lot of the guys I dated in college mm-hmm. because I was like, this feels good in the moment. And I like that. Right. But I didn't actually slow down to think of this probably feels good for them too. And they might be seeing this go a different way than I am. So then when I decided mm, this is done, I broke their hearts. Right. Because it wasn't that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't have a conversation of what do you want? What are you looking for? Well, and most 18, 20 year olds don't. I think that's pretty common. I think where it's more important to have these things figured out is when you're in your mid to late twenties or even older and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're among a sea of other adults that are hopefully mature adults that are already, um, you know, in a career or on a direction toward a career, they kind of know what they want for their life. And so now they're, um, whether seriously or casually looking for a partner, um, maybe it's time to do some self-evaluation and, you know, figure some of those questions out. Okay. Let me throw a question then. What about if you are someone who got married and the relationship didn't work out? and you're back in the dating phase, but you are technically 25 or older. So you should know better about caring for someone else's heart, but you want to just go and have fun and be on dates and connecting with someone, but not super seriously. What's the right thing to do then? Well, I think that's fine. I think, you know, everybody's in a different boat. You know, some people want to just hook up Some people want a serious relationship. Some people, even into their 30s, want to just casually date and aren't necessarily ready to settle down or wanting to ever settle down. And, you know, I'm, I was somebody that wanted to find somebody and get married and settle down. And that I didn't feel that way until I met my husband. But once I realized that I felt that way, um, I mean, I was still young, so I wouldn't say that I, I realized the importance of communicating my expectations on somebody, but I think once you, um, hopefully most mid to late 20 somethings would call themselves, you know, responsible or professional, at least at some capacity can recognize the need, like you were talking about, um, valuing and understanding that other people like there's, this is a 50, 50 thing. And that you're not going into every interaction 100% selfishly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So for the 25 year old that's, you know, divorced or separated and going back out there, 
Great. But I, I still think that if you're aware enough, if you have enough self-awareness to recognize what your goals are and what your expectations are, that it's important that you communicate those to whoever you're interacting with. Yeah. So well, they can I think, decide, you know, so they can decide if that's something that they're interested in, if they're on that same page. Well, and I think that's the key, right? Is that even if you're, you start out by saying, I just want casual when it shifts for you that you communicate with, communicate that with the other person, right? Of the started out casual. And now I, I want to date you more mm-hmm. intensely. I don't know the right word. Well, date and I you more frequently. And I think the word casual might even be a little bit dangerous because it's kind of like the word natural in the wellness community. It's like, what does it really mean? You know, people mm-hmm. say, um, the word natural is associated with things that are absolutely not natural. So does casual mean like you were talking about just texting and getting to know each other, no sex, or does casual mean, Hey, let's hook up Mm -hmm. and maybe hook up again if it goes well, or never talk to each other again, even if it does go well, you know, or is casual, just let's hang out and get to know each other. You know, I really Mm -hmm. feel like there needs to be, and like I said, I've never dated online, but this could be for all dating. It doesn't have to be online. It could be for somebody you meet. Elsewise, I think it's still important early on to um, establish and maybe have one of those conversations. I don't think it has to be an awkward, like define the relationship conversation, but you know, we're adults. It's okay to have uncomfortable conversations um, and it's okay to set boundaries up front. And some people like to play games and like the drama, but some people don't. And I think it's okay to, even on a first date, just be like, so what are you looking for? You know, what, what's your goal? you know, what are, where are you at right now in life? And are you wanting, you know, somebody that you can call randomly to just like grab a bite to eat? Or are you looking for something serious or are you just looking for, you know, whatever happens happens, you know, I think it's okay and important to have those conversations, especially if it's validating for you and helpful Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, I agree. I have thoughts. Yay. You have thoughts and they're good thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Rach, tell me about the best date you've ever been on. It doesn't have to be with your, your spouse, obviously. Oh, honestly, with my husband, that was the best date. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm not just saying that either. He, that's probably why I was like, you're, you're it. Like you win. Like all these other dates sucked because he was persistent, um, which I really liked. And he talked the entire date, you know, I'm a therapist, Mm. so I'm so used to leading conversations or guiding or facilitating them. And he led the entire conversation. It was, and he asked, I mean, I know on our first date, he asked about like how many kids I wanted, Mm -hmm. which we were both, I was 23. So he was 25. Like that was not a question I expected any of my dates to ask me. Um, And he asked it on the first date. And he then, I mean, we met at Red Robin. It's not like we had anything crazy. <laughs> we, we met at Red Robin on the waterfront in Seattle. So, I mean, that is beautiful, but that's where I lived. Um, we met at Red Robin. We had delicious food, great conversation. And then when I thought like dinner was done, he was like, I want to take you to this place. You, you haven't been here before. And I think it would be fun. 
Um, it's, and it's close to where you live. And then I can just take you home because I was riding the bus. Could that have been a red flag? I didn't think about it. At that the you time told him I where felt, you lived? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was a really naive dater. So no one date like me. Let me tell you all the things I did wrong and then don't repeat them. Um, that's why I'm lucky. I'm still here guys. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. It worked out for me, but there's a lot of times that I think could have died, could have died, definitely could have died in my dating experience. So yeah, I got lucky, but yeah, he took me to Alki beach. We got ice cream. It was beautiful. I couldn't, I couldn't believe I hadn't been there. And then he took me home and I wanted him to kiss me so bad. I was like, I am into you kiss me. And he hugged me and said, good night. What the heck? Like I wanted him to kiss me so bad. And instead he hugged me. He was so gentleman. Such a gentleman. Yeah. Which is, I mean, for those who know my, I mean, my husband (laughs) is a gentleman, but if you really know my husband, like you're going to be like, wait, what? (laughs) It's probably that he was more nervous than him being a gentleman. Right. But he is. I mean, he still does try to do all these gentleman, gentlemanly things when we're yeah. on dates. I'm just a very stubborn and independent woman. And I was like, I will open my own door. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but no, he was so, and I literally left me wanting so much more. I was like, right. when are we going to hang out again? Right. Um, that was the best date I've ever been yeah. on. And that's important too. You know, when you've when you are wanting to be in it for the long haul and not wanting instant gratification to then go on a date with somebody who also, you can tell by the way that they behave by not kissing you, that they're also not in it for the instant gratification. Like that's a major green flag. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. But it's funny because I think (laughs) it's like a tie. My, my worst date was his and I second date, but there's also like another worst date I had too. So they're tied. So it's funny that he's my best date, but also my worst date. Well, let's hear it. Um, the worst date. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So you don't have date. to out him if you don't want to, you can do the oh, other story. Oh no. He'll love it. I mean, we out, everyone knows this. Um, I'll do both because the other one's a little crazy too, but, um, we hung out two days later. Um, and I think I got, Oh no, that wasn't the same time. Um, yeah, we hung out two days later and we, he invited me over to watch a movie. He lived with his parents. So I wasn't like super concerned. His parents weren't there, but you know, really bad dater. Do not date like me if you get anything from this. Um, but I went over and we went and picked out a movie, got like cookies and donuts um and it was like super late I had worked a long serving shift that day it was like probably like 10 o'clock by the time we started the movie so like it's like clear like probably staying the night um but like I wore a purity ring guys like I was not in it for you know that <laughs> um I was way too tired to drive home and he was like you cannot drive home you can stay in the basement and I was like no like I, I it's okay like I can I can sleep next to you that's fine um and we slept next to each other. Like that was, that was it. There was, you know, some good stuff like making out, but that was it. No, oh, I hope my mom does not listen to this. Um, but <laughs> she knows anyways, it's fine. The next morning that you kiss your husband. Yeah. I'd, I'd say she does. Yeah. Uh, the next morning 
was so awkward. I don't, I could probably have slept for maybe like three hours. Like you never sleep really good at someone else's house. And you're like, I don't really mm-hmm. know. In what bed to with do. a stranger on a second date and yeah. his parents' house. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I'm like, I wake up and I think, okay, like we're going to go have a donut. I'm going to leave. Like, I feel weird. This is weird. I don't, I I'm in the same outfit. Like I wore this outfit, slept in this outfit. I just want to go home and change. Like I want to brush my teeth. And I walk out and his brother was also living with his parents still. And his brother and his girlfriend are out there. I had no idea anyone else was in the house. So I walk out to three people in the kitchen when I think I'm walking out to one person. And I'm like, oh, hi. And this is my sister-in-law at the time. All right. My now sister-in-law. So she was super friendly. She was also from the Midwest. I was like, oh, thank the Lord. Someone who gets me. Super nice. But my husband-to-be just is also feeling so awkward that he does not know what to do with himself and it's literally like you have to leave like I you gotta go like I'm like okay I would like to go I don't know how to get out I don't know where the front door is like we came in a different door I don't know how to get out of the house I would like to leave but he just cannot stop and he's like yeah I'm an asshole I'm an asshole I'm an asshole and I'm like yes that is very evident right now. I want to leave. I want to get out. Just help me get out of this house. I'm like trying to be nice. Um, it was so awkward. It was so weird. Cause like the night before was like, it just felt great. Like it felt like another great date. And then that was the weirdest thing ever. And then I still wanted to go on a date with him. Oh my gosh. I, I went home and called two of my friends. I was like, I don't know what it is about this guy, but I kind of want to go out on another date. And I waited all day for him to message me. Cause I was like, this is it. I'm never going to see him again. He was so rude, but for some reason I would like to go on another date and thank God for my mother-in-law. She said, you have to call that girl. That is not okay. You call her and give her another chance. Even though I didn't do anything wrong. Right. That was my worst date. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it all worked out. He loves to joke that women love assholes. We do not. We do not. Well, don't listen listen to that. I think women that don't know what they want are drawn to assholes. Yeah. It was a facade. It was so awkward. Yeah. That's so terrible. It's a huge joke now. Yeah. So he was my best date. And also that was my worst date. The other one's real quick online date met at a place to get crepes he wants to share the crepe which I think is weird on a first date but I'm like okay whatever um and then like we're five minutes and he's like you want to go back to my place I'm like mm, we just start like we haven't even finished eating so then he eats the crepe as fast as possible so I got like three bites like I'm starving I'm freaking sharing a crepe with you and I didn't even like what you ordered. And now you want me to go back to your place. We just met, like we've had five minutes of conversation and he's like, okay, well let's talk then. And so I'm like, well, this is awkward. And he, I'm wearing a beauty ring guys. Yep. So he looks at my hand and goes, what's that? And I said, oh, well, you know, I I'm religious and I'm a Christian and I've made a vow not to have sex till marriage. And he's like, oh, okay. And he takes the ring. I think I was wearing it on my right hand at that time for some reason, takes it off, puts it on my ring finger and says, we're married now. Let's go. And I was like, no, no, (laughs) no, no. 
Um, and he's like, well, I was like, no, I think, you know, I'm really tired. I had a long work day. Like, I don't know how to be rude. So I'm like trying to be really nice and like let him down easily. Also let him get, down easy after up. he basically just said, let's go have sex right now. Yeah. I, I just really thought the best of people. Okay. I needed to have some harsh reality come my way, <laughs> but he's like, well, let me drive you to your car. And I'm thinking, there is no way I'm getting in a vehicle with you. I don't think you'll take me to my car. I don't know where you'll take me. I'm really scared right well, now. Well, at least you were skeptical enough. <sighs> it was, a, that was a really bad date. Also a really weird. So date. is that somebody you had vetted for days before or was that maybe oh my gosh, one where know. you didn't? Okay. I probably didn't. Cause I'm There's just probably wondering. like a sense of it might've been like, could be a hit. I don't, I definitely wouldn't, if I can remember, like, I don't think I, I don't think I really saw much there, but I was like, that date sounds fun tonight. Okay. Well, Making that's okay. That does not you, sound fun. As long as you know the red flags to be aware of guys. Yeah. Then. Please learn from all the red flags that I experienced that I did not know because I was naive. Yeah. Well, what I was your best date? See, <laughs> I move on from coming, me. <laughs> and I have, I don't even know. I can't even think of a time other than, you know, prom or special occasions where I was pampered and, you know, <laughs> well, then let's go to your worst date. So for real quick for best dates, the only thing I can think of as far as best dates go are just fond memories that I had with people that I connected really well to. Mm -hmm. So I had a boyfriend in high school. Um, and we were, we were just a really good fit. We had a lot of fun together. And so it was really easy to just be myself. And anytime that we hung out was just a good time. And I feel the same way about, you know, my relationship with my husband. It was like, I, I looked forward to seeing him every time I saw him. It was never like, oh yeah, I have a date in a couple of days or I'm going to see him on Friday. It was always like, I could not wait to see him. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, every date was our best date. Mm -hmm. Oh, she. So sweet. <laughs> uh, so for worst date, this was also in high school. And this was one of those like one-off random dates, dated him and never dated him again. I saw him because he worked where I had other friends working. Um, awkward. But the date was actually, it started off really well. He came to my parents' house and picked me up. And I'm pretty sure he, you know, introduced himself to my parents. And he walked me out and opened my door to the car and we're in the car and listening to, um, some Christian music, some worship music by, um, Brooke Frazier. And he was like, Oh, she's so hot. I wish I could marry her or something along those lines. And I was like, is he, this guy for real right now? Which, you know, we're in high school and. I I've been around even adult relationships where people that are, you know, committed to each other will still comment on how good looking somebody else is, whether it's a celebrity or somebody they see on the street, like they're so hot or that they're sexy. And to me, that's not something that I'm comfortable with in my relationship, but you know, maybe that was, maybe that he was awkward or maybe he was nervous or whatever. Um, but that just like the date just took like a turn right there for me. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, we're literally on a first date. He just picked me up and he's talking about how this other girl is so hot and he wants to marry her. So from there, 
I was just like, well, it was kind of like the guy in middle school. It's like, okay, well, I'm over this date. Can't wait for it to end. And so therefore just started behaving like, you know, a teenager throwing a tantrum basically. So we got to dinner and I was just like super awkward. I should have just been like, you know what? Why don't we just go home and take me home? Um, But no, that didn't happen. We went to dinner and it was like a nice summer outdoor evening and we were out on a patio and it was when there were still real candles on the table and you know they had like all the different sugar packets pre-covid when there was nothing on the table um but yeah i would like pick up a sugar packet and like put it in a flame and was like setting them on fire and um that was just like a nervous thing i was doing because i was like so over this and i'm pretty sure i was rude i probably didn't answer his questions very kindly i probably didn't make eye contact i probably was like do to do looking around just like when is this gonna end so immature and then we went to um a small art craft theater afterwards and saw i think it was pocahontas or maybe it was beauty and the beast i don't know because i fell asleep intentionally and slept (laughs) through the entire movie I love this because it was your worst date. But it was probably <laughs> his worst date too. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and then he took me home and I don't think we ever hung out again after that. We had had like phone convers- phone dates, you know, where you'd hang out and talk on the phone for two and a half hours or whatever. We'd had a couple of those, maybe only one or two. But after he made that comment, like I, I always n- knew what I wanted. I will say that for myself. Nope. Um, I always knew like if something went sideways, there was never like make a pro con list. I always knew it's like, okay, this is done. Um, and sometimes that was rational and sometimes it wasn't, (laughs) but it made it easy to make decisions. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh man. I love that story. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't have any adult worst dates. I will say, Um, I'm just remembering a couple guys I dated in college. Oh, no, I don't think I want to tell that story. That's pretty terrible of me. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, and then you can tell me what you think about sharing it. So this isn't really a worse date, but I will say it was another one of those relationships where I kind of just decided that I wanted it to be over. And this was a, um, responsible, you know, very, um, mature guy. And he was, um, Christian too. We met in like a college Christian campus group. Um, and we had gone out on a couple dates and he, I lived, he lived downtown and I didn't. So we probably met downtown and then he would pick me up or whatever, or we'd like have dates after class so that we were both already downtown. Um, but he cooked dinner for me one night and, you know, he on our, like our second or third date, he took me, Um, to watch a football game with his part of his family, like his sister and her husband. So I was like, wow, he must really like me. He, he got me into the show lost and we would like find a quiet corner on campus on his laptop and watch Lost. I mean, he just was really creative and super great guy, like super great guy, but it was like a few dates in and I was just like, there's just no spark. I just don't like him. You know, he was a great guy, but he just wasn't the one for me. And this is like where my major immaturity comes back into play because there was another guy who probably in my subconscious, I knew liked me, but because I was like a serial flirter, 
all guys kind of treated me this way. You know, they, they were always there for me when I needed them, but to me, it was only ever as a friend. And if they ever said something or alluded to like making it more than that, I would find a way to like shut it down without having to like say, I don't like you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I had a lot of guy friends that I'm sure would have dated me if the opportunity had arisen, but I never, if I wasn't interested, I made sure that it didn't get that far. And I don't think that I took advantage of anybody. Maybe a couple times I had, but I tried to be very aware of the fact that, you know, if a guy liked me, I didn't want to be inappropriate, um, that way with him. But anyway, there was this guy and he, um, I don't know how it came up. I doubt that I just came outright and said it. I was probably just talking about how I didn't really want to date him anymore, but I felt really bad. I didn't want to say anything. And so I got this other guy who was also friends with him. We were in the same group to break up with him for me. Oh my gosh. I was 18. So, I mean, you can just yeah. say, yeah, you're immature, but these guys were probably like 22, 24. Um, one of them for sure. I know was probably about 23 or 24 at the time. And, you know, both of these guys were like mature, responsible adults, had their own apartments and, um, were looking for something substantial. And here I was like, Oh, awkward. I don't want to date him anymore. And so I had this other guy literally break up with him for me. Um, it's like, how can I even show my face anymore? And I think we had a conversation. He was like, it's all good. And he was really nice about it but I'm sure he was just like, well, that's probably the snartiest thing that's ever happened to me. Well, I feel like this leads us into, you know, the question of how to establish a solid and honest foundation from the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that right there was not solid. Right. Or a hundred percent honest. Mm -hmm. And I think up until the point where I decided I didn't want to be with him anymore. I think it was doing okay, <laughs> but I was young and in high school, you can just like call a guy or text him and break up. And that's like, nobody cares. It's high school. And so this was one of my first relationships out of high school, probably my first one out of high school. And I think I was intimidated by the fact that he was so like confident and mature and I just didn't know what to do. And mm -hmm. I didn't, I am super awkward person, but confrontation and awkward conversations were, you know, nobody wants to do that. So I definitely didn't have enough character and self-discipline to have an awkward or difficult conversation when I needed to. Yeah. Well, and we touched, a, we touched a little bit on this in the beginning too, you know, it's just that direct communication of mm -hmm. currently, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm wanting, right. this is what I'm looking for and continuing to be direct and honest as it shifts and evolves mm -hmm. as you're dating that person. Right. Mm -hmm. So while you, you started out in this dating of, okay, yeah, this sounds like someone I'd like to date. It developed more quickly for him and you got to the point where you're like I don't feel the same way anymore and what would have been the kind gentle approach was to just be direct and honest right. and I think that's the same of building that foundation too mm -hmm. is being direct honest and vulnerable mm -hmm. when you can of saying this is where I'm at it's it's okay if you're not there but I'd like to know where you're at too mm -hmm. 
And not just having the conversations, but being the one to initiate them. I think a lot of people, not even with relationships, but just in life, aren't where they want to be because they avoid conflict or confrontation, or they're not assertive enough to um, communicate their values or their expectations or how they want to be treated or talked to or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, on a first date, if something's really important to you, but you don't have the gall to say it or start an uncomfortable conversation, then that's probably indicative of how things are going to go in the future as well. You know, when something comes up, how likely Mm -hmm. are you going to be to recognize a potential issue and bring it up before it's an issue versus just letting it go and then be an issue later? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a good exercise that maybe um, individuals could do is to write out on paper instead of just having it in your head, um, what you're looking for and what your expectations are, what values you're looking for, what kind of behavior is going to be a deal breaker. Um, you know, if this is something, something that you feel like would be helpful for you, obviously everybody doesn't need to do this exercise, but Mm -hmm. if you find yourself in a pattern of relationships that aren't going anywhere, being drawn to the wrong person or, you know, dead end relationships or not being able to meet somebody new. Um, maybe that would be a good exercise to kind of help establish where you are, what you want, um, and kind of move forward from there. Um, and hopefully if you're looking specifically for certain qualities in somebody that will help you build a stronger foundation, um, just from that alone, but then also from being honest from the beginning. Well, and if I can add like a second step to that, Mm-hmm. is sometimes when you start to make that list, you it's a long list mm-hmm. or it's a lot of ideas or a lot of expectations. So then if you want to be really realistic and take it to another level is then um, choosing your top five in each of those categories. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I know my experience of making this list or you know, writing down what I thought or wanted or desired wasn't always realistic. Mm-hmm. So then really getting specific and saying, okay, these all sound great. These are totally ideal. If I only could choose five of these things, what are my top five most priority or most important for me? Mm-hmm. Is it that he plays guitar or is it that he's honest and authentic? Right. Is it that he has dreams of his own or that he's well off, right? Just helping it be become a little bit more realistic too. Right. Because if you start to look for that perfect guy who fits that list, you're probably not going to find them. Right. Awesome. Well, I think that's actually a great place to end. Um, Be back with Rachel next week. Thank you so much for hopping on here. Thanks for having me. Rachel will be back with us again next week as we dive into marriage. This is going to be the third topic in our Building Stronger Relationships series, and we are both so, so excited about this episode. So make sure you tell friends and family all about it, and we will talk to you next Tuesday.